Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com backslash themoviegang. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com backslash themoviegang. The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Jack Newman. I'm Sarah Becker. And I'm Bobby Pike. And welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. How are you guys doing this week? Well, I'm currently recording in the middle of a thunderstorm in North yeah. Texas, so there's yeah. a possibility I may have to go hide in a closet if that tornado watch manifests at any point. <laughs> the tornado's going to put horrible. Sarah back in the closet! <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> if I get injured by going back in the closet, I'm going to have a field day. Sarah dies in the closet. (laughs) You're a poor single Texas lesbian. You need to like just like have like a like you know the shark. It's like it's playing trapped in the closet, like the, yes. the like the tornado. It's like a shark noise. I don't know. Sorry. Welcome to the Movie Gang podcast. This week we went and saw. Well, actually, we're catching up a little bit with kind of the. Uh, if you guys haven't noticed, uh, January is the month when people go to dump terrible movies. Like uh, I don't know. Like Peter will love monster it. trucks. Underworld. Uh, I, I think we're gonna trip, trip, do triple. The Bye Bye Man. Oh God, Jesus! That, that Let's was, talk about terrible that is movies. The laziest title I've ever seen. And I'm sorry, a dog's purpose. Really, really, could we have created better crybait? Like, Honestly, come no, on. It January. Me, uh. It makes me so upset to see Dennis Quaid doing that. To be honest, I'm so disappointed. Because I really, I really actually do like. Dennis Quaid quite a bit and there's and like I understand like having like cash cow movies and like people like oh you showed up for a superhero movie you must need money but like seeing Dennis <laughs> Quaid do like this like sad sack dog movie I'm like oh Dennis fucking Quaid man god what what happened <laughs> what? So, so disappointed <laughs> every trailer I saw today I'm just like why 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 is this happening to me well we're not gonna do uh, trailers this week actually because I'm not gonna get into it we're so what I've essentially tried to do over January is gonna catch up on uh, some of the better movies that came out over the course of December because December is a packed month and we never get to everything we want so we might as well catch up on Oscar bait movies all sorts of things and in this case we're gonna be reviewing today passengers which is of course the um, Chris uh, not yes is. Chris Pratt yeah Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence oh my god what's wrong with me I'm on crack all right. <laughs> Chris Pratt's so hot right now. Movie. Yeah. No, I think this is like I, I realized that like I usually do a rundown for these shows. So, so in the first time in forever, I haven't done one, and like now I realize like it's such a crutch for me. So it's just it's just totally it's just I'm I'm without hope now. No, but anyway, this is podcast number forty six, and apparently for, we forgot how to do it. <laughs> no, it's okay. Whoops. All right. All right. All right. All right. No, no. It's Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. Here we go. A spacecraft traveling to a distant colony planet and transporting thousands of people has a malfunction in its sleep chambers. As a result, two passengers are awakened 90 years 
years earlier. And already <gasps> the synopsis is lying to us because mm, only yes. one, well, I guess two passengers do wake up one, I mean, one passenger and a crew member. But uh, that third one, yeah, not, no. not an accident and kind of no. the core issue that we're going to no. be cutting to today. Of course, this is a new kind of romance movie. It's they're on they're all everyone's on board the starship Avalon doing hypersleep going. Of course, this like a, I think it's like a 120 year journey or something. And mm-hmm. or it's like a 90 year journey. And they're heading to this new spaceship and they're going to be uh, I mean, this new um, colony world. And they're going to set up there. And then about, I think, like 30 years into the journey, um, Chris Pratt's character wakes up and is trapped and can't get anywhere on the spaceship or can't wake, in, wake anyone up that could actually help him and unfortunately is sort of like stuck on the spaceship going to have to live out the rest of his life or in the case of kind of depicted in the first 15 minutes of the movie because uh, I still am shocked that the fact that he wakes her up is not a twist in this movie um, it just it, for the 15, 15 minutes it really suggests that he was going to commit suicide and then he eventually uh, wakes up Jennifer Lawrence's character who is named and I and this is one of the worst names I've ever heard <laughs> Aurora Lane so yes, Aurora Aurora Lane. the sleeping beauty and There's Lois Lane and, yes. she's in the it's just like it's one of those like names that you just like you immediately get both references and you're like oh you dick <laughs> I'm like why come on you're such a dick <laughs> and and especially since like chris pratt's character is jim preston and it was just like that's yeah. such a like a normal ass name and then it's a aurora lane and yeah. like, oh my god i don't know and it, and and i have to admit like i like my favorite thing to do in movies and i hate going to movies with my girlfriend um and that's a terrible thing to say but the honest answer is she's a movie talker and it's just like <laughs> It's not okay because she's like, she's like, and she like pats me on the shoulder. She's like, did they seriously call her Aurora? Did they seriously do that? Like, and she's, and she's like, you're going to say this on your podcast, right? And I was like, yes, honey. I, yes, I swear. Yes, sweetie. So now let it, let it be addressed that Jack has indeed talked about it on the podcast. There was talking points. Okay. I, I, I enjoy having both Sarah and Bobby here and this sounds bad. I'm just like going to complain about my girlfriend to you both. <laughs> No, I'm joking. I'm going to get skewered for that. Yeah, she's going to hear this. Mm. Yeah, we'll be driving somewhere and I'll forget that I said that on there. <laughs> Which is usually the case when I say shit on podcasts about her. <laughs> You're beautiful and gorgeous and my life would be nothing without you. Okay, there moving on. Yeah, 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 it's a little bit better. Moving on. But uh, what did you guys uh, think about Passengers? I think um, let's start a little bit positive. Sarah, you liked Passengers. I was incredibly surprised when I came out of that movie not hating it. And maybe that's what it is, is that I did fully go into the theater expecting that I was it was going to make me mad, I was going to hate it, all of that. But then when I didn't, I think that makes me feel maybe more positive about it than I actually think about it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Let me, let me just stop you there, and I'm going to bounce to Bobby because I agree a lot of the critical response to this movie has been overwhelmingly negative and I think that the point is that we've just prepped you to the point of saying it's absolute dog shit before you went and saw this movie so Bobby why do you dislike Passengers? Okay, well, I'm going to start with, like, the few things I thought were good about Passengers. It's pretty visually stunning. Mm. Um, you know, watching the nebuluses float around and all the space porn that they showed nebuluses? you. It's yes, nebulae. I did. Nebulae. I don't care. 
care. Star Trek bitches! Space freaks over here. (laughs) But then like like they did like that like whip shot around the sun and like there was there was some really pretty like basically space porn for you to watch. And that was nice. Um so I thought it was a visually stunning film. Um, but I, they really just screwed the pooch on this one because the concept of this movie is fantastic. Guy stuck in space, knowing he's going to die, having to somehow survive alone while he's hurtling, like watching everyone else who will actually make it to the destination, knowing he never will. Like there's some real interest there. And even in his decision to wake up Jennifer Lawrence's character, which was a shitty, horrible thing to do. I mean, when she has her outburst and basically says it's murder. I mean, yeah, like he has doomed her to die in a way that she didn't consent to. So that's pretty fucked up. Um, but it's it's more than that. It's they chose to make that decision in the script of the movie, but then they didn't go with it. They turned it into this romance where once she learned that she was woken up, what, who falls in love with that? That's some serious Stockholm syndrome there. And it's also cheap and it felt cheap. I mean, they could have... This movie really could have turned and been, you know, this sociopathic guy who gives no shits about anyone else, wakes her up, and she's trapped in this living nightmare hurtling through space. That would have been interesting, and that could have been really, like, good to watch. But instead, they just, they cheapened it, and they they went with this romance angle that was just not that interesting to begin with. And then, you know, of course, the Chris Pratt character tries to, you know, basically sacrifice himself for the good of, for her good, so she can survive. And then he actually finds out he could do the noble thing and put her back to sleep. And it's supposed to make it better that she chooses not to go back to sleep. But I'm just sitting there, like, thinking, is that really a choice? Like, did she really choose that? It actually annoyed me when she said that she was going to stay awake. I would have been like, peace, asshole. I'm going back in there. Yeah, and Uh, it just, it doesn't feel like a real decision she could have intellectually, like, intelligently made. I think that's the other bit here, is that the the point is, is that... I think it sells me it sells me to some extent on the romance. It doesn't sell me in the latter half of the movie. I think that's the other thing too, is that they kind of create situations um, you know, you have the situation with like, oh, and then a dock worker, you know, wakes up and it fixes elements of the movie. But like I definitely believe that like like, you know, they were both doomed to some extent in that relationship and it didn't it like and he just comes along and says, Girl, you gonna blame like uh, and it's really I just it does bug me too for whatever reason that the third character is black. I don't know why because it's it, it's like it's like he has this sort of like are you going to blame him for that? I can't believe that. Girl, I, I don't know, like there's this element of like mm, I mean maybe I'm wrong about this, but especially like Lawrence Fishburne coming around coming along and like laying some like sagely wisdom wisdom on her that leads her to forgive him. I I think that bothered me quite a bit. And I think that's the core issue. I think also to it's fair to say like up front that we had a friend who like wrote elements of this script in that we wanted to, we, it was Andrew and we wanted to have him on for this episode. But unfortunately, like as we're moving along, like we couldn't get him on, but he definitely presented initial element ideas for this script that went into a different direction that you kind of highlighted there, Bobby, a little bit that you were talking about. In some of the initial scripts that he had worked on, the suggestion was that it was more of a horror script and that it would look at like, you know, at the end of it, you know, you know, she finds like a pile of bodies of like past relationships that didn't work out. And then, uh, you know, 
hunt she knows. See, I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds let me great. finish. Let me finish the synopsis. Essentially, like she she finds a pile of bodies and then eventually kills him. And then he tells her essentially is like, "Well, don't be too hard on yourself when you do exactly what I did," which is essentially like saying that you know you no one can deal with the loneliness of space, which makes it less about gender politics and more about like you know the terribleness of being alone as opposed to like this, which is this is all about gender politics, which yeah. is which is funny yeah. to me too because I would have been much more okay with it if if a girl had woken a guy up i think it might have felt a little less creepy i mean i mean mra mra assholes would have gone absolutely ballistic about it but like i still would i still would have felt better about it do you know what i mean yeah i just also didn't like how they presented their like love story of falling like him falling for her you know just like creepily watching videos of her while sitting next to her suspended animation body eating his breakfast it's just it was uncomfortable and creepy. I think, I don't, I, and then, yes, but that, what else are you gonna do? I, I, mean, I do think I do think they sell for me. Like that's I agree with Sarah to some extent. Like I do think they're selling the right things here. They're on the right path. Like they're selling like you know him almost committing suicide. They're selling like this is just insane. Like the amount of loneliness. Like I really did feel for his character there, and I did felt emotional connection. I did also think that like you know what he did is unforgivable, and like elements of him like trying to make the romance last and like that it's just like i think that's the thing is like i buy everything that happens up to you know her forgiving him yeah i do as well and and you know that's you know ultimately where i come out of this is that i expected to hate it but because i was able to buy into everything i didn't hate it right until the end it's not a poorly executed movie is the problem yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's, no it's like, not a bad movie it's not it's, it's bad just... i i, I think it's a bad movie i think that it's there's like a big like a plot structure issue with this movie that's causing everything to be rammed into the last section into like an awkward train wreck of a movie i think it that make i think that qualifies it as a bad movie but like you know the production and the elements of the relationship and kind of the the concept of being alone in space and being the only other person in space and people being driven together by that loneliness like they play all of that really 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 well I just think they also like really bungled some moments that could have been better like the um when the gravity goes off and Jennifer Lawrence almost like drowns in a bubble of water in the pool. That's cool. Like I feel I felt like that was a really cool thing that happened, but I felt like that moment was kind of um not very hard hitting because of where it fell in the movie. Like it didn't really have a good um like structural plot point to go off of it. You didn't need that scene. Well, it could have not happened and like everything would have continued on the hey, way it yeah. was. So I felt like they could have used it better. I think the other thing too is that there's a bunch of pacing and structure issues that happen. And that's the thing is like, you know, you know, this has been a quiet movie overall. Let's add this almost drowning in a bubble and everyone's floating around and he falls down scene to like, you know, ramp up the tension because like, oh, what's going to happen with the ship? And I was like, no, we know it's the ship's broken. Okay. Like we you, got it. The, you the, shoot, ship's, you, the ship's falling like, apart. Like the first shot of the movie is an asteroid hitting the ship. Like what? We, what, we got it. What the fuck do you think? Is there like some mysterious space force? Are you well, gonna- we keep having to have like the critical failure noise going off and like watching yeah. like, the the different parts of the machine just like bloop 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 bloop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, or like or like the, like, like the robot it. go insane or like all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. Like like I was like I I don't understand why you guys are playing it like a mystery that like the ship is broke. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a legitimate question, and this may play into the you know shitty plot structure that we've touched upon already. 
Did the ship wake up Chris Pratt on purpose because he was an engineer? No. So that he could fix the I ship. Don't think so. No, I don't that think was, there was okay, any. Okay, well, that's and there, and, and, very and there Deus Ex Machina then. And there was weird, weird moments where the scene kind of played, it, 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 where it kind of essentially played everything like there was some sort of thing going on. And I did notice that, where like... Uh, like for instance, like when it, it had this scene when Chris Pratt was talking to uh, the I don't I forget what the the bar guy's name is the ro- the robot on the bar you, you know who I'm talking about no. Andrew oh my God really uh, no it's an A name uh, uh, Michael but, Sheen Jesus Michael Sheen well that's not his the character's name no it was Arthur Arthur's the character's name Arthur there Arthur. we go yeah yeah okay. it's my day with Arthur yeah 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 yes Arthur God, this is a that would have been his, too funny if it was Andrew his this this damn this page his IMDB profile page is terrible looking of him <laughs> Jesus like someone needs to like holy crap I, I don't know like did did he like age a thousand years in the last two years Jesus Christ man mm. Sorry, I don't mean... Oh, man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing to say to that, man. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for listening to this, Michael. Take take he a break. He doesn't listen to our podcast. <laughs> Jesus. I know he doesn't, but Jesus, it's like, take a break, bro. Like, go, go to the Bahamas. Like, that, that that is like some huge age discrepancy there. Your yeah, hair is drink something with rum and oh my God. relax. Sorry, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, but I, again, I do think there's, there's just like, you know, if, if we're talking about general, I, and that's the thing is like, I don't like this movie primarily because of the sexual politics that are happening there and the supposed Stockholm syndrome. And because primarily the reason I don't like this movie is because of what it could have been and the yeah. fact that it had the elements to be something a lot better. So that's why, and that's not a good reason to hate a movie. And I think that's the thing is I'm searching for elements of the plot issue. And I do think there is kind of uh, missed plot opportunities that you can actually point out as suggesting that this movie is not great and i think one of the primarily ones is how it speeds up in the third act where it wakes up an actual like ship's crew member and then he's just a device and then it speeds up into like let's save the ship and all this stuff and that's kind of the thing is like it's it can't help but it's a love story and it can't help but do what a lot of love stories do which is add a third act villain to create tension that makes it feel like like they've resolved their issues when they really haven't like the, the core yeah. issue is not resolved and that's i think yeah. that's what's happened is it's like it's essentially that jennifer lawrence's character just you know aurora lane just for <laughs> just forgets like what he did and what his like original crime and the fact she's there at all is and i think that's the point that's like i'm kind of like uh you know and then they give her her choice back and i think they're smart about that And they need that choice at the end to matter. And I think that they do give it back. And so it's all technically correct. Do you know what I mean? From like a, from a sexual politics, I understand like how the script worked. It's not great that she still loves him. But if you're suggesting that she's fallen in love with him, there's no final mechanical moment other than like he's going to die and she's going to be alone in space. And she just doesn't want to be alone, alone in space. Yeah, I just, I don't like that moment. I mean, I understand why they created the moment of choice in the film. Like, I know they needed it's, that. It's unacceptable of, before that. And I think that's the other thing. But it's, it's just, it, it's, it doesn't feel like it's a real choice for that character. And I feel like it's just so 
you know, the angry feminists don't just yell, you know, like, like, what the fuck at this movie, you know, because otherwise, if they didn't give that element of choice back, this would be way worse. But it's not good. Like, this isn't okay. Basically, you've shown someone an abusive relationship, you know, where they she's been manipulated to have her choice taken away that she's in this situation at all, that she knows Chris, Chris Pratt's character at all, that she's awake on the ship regardless, and then, like, arbitrarily kind of gives it back in this little nugget, but it's not really a decision. Like, Is it not? I don't really think so. I mean, can you imagine, like, okay, so... I just think that he says he comes. Him- he says he come and visit, and I think that I think, and I think I, I don't know. I'll say if the element is that, like she's pretty sure at that point he'll commit suicide. Yeah, well, I mean, it's she's got Stockholm syndrome. I mean, like. He just saved her life, technically, but none of it should have happened, and it's kind of a lot his fault to begin with. So it's like, it's kind of the payback there of her deciding like, oh, it's okay that you basically doomed me to death, but you know, like I'm over it now because magically the the, the ship started working again. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel genuine and it doesn't make it better for me. Yeah, it, it doesn't no, I, fix I, the movie. I, I think, I, I guess from like a screenwriting, I, I don't have enough from my own perspective, like I don't have enough chutzpah to say like why that doesn't work. I, I agree that it doesn't feel satisfying, but I don't know why it doesn't necessarily fix the initial problem. Other than the fact that the, like from a basic core element, this movie has taken what is an interesting thing and tried to force it into a love plot. Which is the and that's the issue. Yeah. It's like this movie doesn't need to be a, a a love movie, and I think that's the thing. Is like every kind of like you know script doctor notion I have of it is like turn it into a thriller, turn it into a mystery, turn it into turn it into something to add some sort of background element to at least cover up like how like inefficient and bad in some senses the love plot line is though let's take it again i want to hear this from a different perspective because we're pounding on this mercilessly bobby (laughs) so sarah why when you you came through it and you were actually satisfied with it you bought the love interest And and we both said to some extent right now that like we both also buy the fact that she falls in love with him initially just not that the forgiving of him eventually happens Mm -hmm. yeah i really don't disagree with any anything that either of you has said up to this point but but you still are satisfied by the story just like you know you're just like dropping the third act well yeah i mean obviously waking her up was not a good idea (laughs) very bad wrong negativity yes um just i don't know from an emotional standpoint like i hate that he did it but i get why he did it and i don't know i i felt that and you guys can tell me I'm wrong till the cows come home, and then you can tell the cows that they're wrong. Um, but I don't is know, that a nice I, way of telling us to fuck off? Because no, I feel no. like I feel like it I, is. I haven't even made the point yet that you can tell I, us wrong. I'm, I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm teasing. I don't care, Sarah. When have I? When okay. have we ever disrespected your points? Come on, come on. Stop, <laughs> stop prepping it and just give it to us. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, <clears throat> What was my point now that you've gone and interrupted me? Um, shit. Essentially, just heading towards... No, no, no. Just heading towards, like, why at the end of it that you were... Like, why you felt that it was an acceptable romance to the fact that, like... You know, that even that at the end, like, you know, because in the third act is where I have issue when she forgives him, essentially. So why is it acceptable to you at all that, like, the forgiveness subplot happens? 
I'm not sure that it is acceptable. Like I hated the, or I hated that decision as well. Like I said, so then, at the beginning of the cast, like I, I wanted her to go into the pod, say, peace, asshole. How dare you wake me up? You can suffer for the rest of eternity. I'm going back to sleep. Yeah. For you, the listener of the Movie Gang podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Uh, personally, I would have to recommend Story by Robert McCreet Key. If you're listening to this, the Movie Gang podcast, I would assume that you're interested in kind of uh, script writing and, and maybe the elements of story as well. And for me personally, uh, he's, his book has kind of been a godsend and kind of dissecting kind of elements and kind of developing my own opinion on the Movie Gang podcast. And uh, again, remember to download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com backslash Tuscan. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Tuscan for your free audiobook. Now, this is an offer from uh, audible.com, and we would really appreciate you going and checking that out because you're also going to be able to help out the movie gang and help us keep the lights on. So uh, please consider that. Ah, I, gu- I guess if that's what it is, I just like, for me, like, I don't want to like. I don't want to downscale this movie from like a notion of just just saying like oh this core element. Well, I guess it is. It's a core to the plot. Like, you know, there's nothing really acceptable that happens about it. It's just like they earn I guess that's the thing is for me. It earns the first half of the movie very 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 well. And I think that's the mm-hmm. thing. It just doesn't stick the landing. And I think that's that's a definite different movie suggestion from me other than like for me if, if I was to say it's good, it's just like yeah, it doesn't work out the landing because it's in it's in like deep fucking sexual dangerous waters territory. So like I mean not sexual waters and there's like sexy sharks in the water but as in like uh you know like you know deep gender politics territory where it's like yeah and then it just doesn't properly stick the landing which because like i believe like the first part of it, i believe his like space almost suicide from a loneliness i believe that he wakes her up i believe that it's like it's like a sin to do that and i believe that the movie and that's the other thing is that's really annoying is that the movie gets how bad it is that he does that. And that's yeah. where I was going with it with the cows thing was that I bought that he, you know, felt true remorse about it and he felt oh, bad yeah. about it, but it wasn't something that he could take back. So it wasn't yeah. just like, I'm going to, well, I mean, it was, I'm going to wake this girl up and I really hope we fall in love because I think she's perfect, but it wasn't from a, you know, I never felt malice from him. He wasn't doing it to be manipulative he was doing it because he was lonely he's fucked up yeah it's like it's like that thing he they earn that fucked up nature it's like you know it might she might be a victim of stockholm syndrome but it's like it's weird to say that like i needed more sympathy from chris pratt and i think that the thing is that it really does get like you understand his character you understand and like the way that he like immediately runs away and it's like oh god oh god oh god and he's like almost sick with the mm-hmm. fact that he did that and like he can't take it back and he can't fix it and that's the thing at the end it's about him fixing it offering her the pod which is but at the same time at that point he's like i really hope you don't and, and that's i think that's where it's like i i needed him to be more forceful about trying to fix it to get her to go back into sleep which is more which is more in line with his character trying to control her and then her earning that control back in him in kind of more of aggressive way does that make sense yeah yeah, like, I just, I really just didn't want them to end up together, you know? Like, I just, I'm really annoyed well, that that's how it ended. If she got back in the pod and went to sleep, and then he just defended the ship for, like, another 80 years and was alone. Ick. I mean, I, it's still not a resolution to the story. Like, he just needed to die, and she needed to go back into cryo sleep. 
Yeah, basically. I don't know. I, I, I get where they're coming from. I just, there's no way for her to like, mm-hmm. there's no way for her in the bubble that she's in to make the decision properly. Well, and they just like missed a moment there. I mean, like the whole thing about her character, she's supposed to be a writer and an author and she's like writing a book through like the whole thing. And we we don't really get a fruition of that element of the story. And I think it would have been more satisfying to have him die, her go into cryo sleep, but finish her book first. Like, so Could you get the story of them on the ship. Could she sleep by herself? I don't know. I mean, he found it out. So, like, there would have had to have been, like, and I think they could have done it, too, where it's like the guy just mentions, oh, you can use this pod to slip back into cryo sleep. And, and well, also, I like. Mean, my, my thing would be just surely the mechanics of it. Like, could somebody from within the pod manipulate the screen next to it, say, I'm going into hypersleep now, get all your limbs back inside before it starts. Script and writing. I mean, this the element is. I think it's. I think it's a null point for me because, like, the script writing magic at this point will determine whether or not she can or cannot do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know a spaceship that's traveling a century through space. Like, I, I realize that <laughs> right. there's you know sort out your priorities, Sarah. If no, <laughs> an element to criticize. It's not that. <laughs> <laughs> no, and there's there, there, there is like weird things in this movie, like the class issue that pops up between them, and I was like, "What? Where are you going with this? Like, why?" Well, and then the whole thing about like the homestead, like how the homestead company was making so much money off of all these people that going and like populating really their world, right? That and like giving them like twenty percent of their income. Yeah, it was really dark, and like, but like that's what I wanted explored in this film. Like, I wanted all that. Oh, like, I did. Darkness, I did not. All those. Uh, no, no, Bobby, I did not want to. That's for the economics of that company. (laughs) No, I mean, not necessarily the company. It's just, like, the darker elements that they were, like, bringing up in the film, and they had the opportunity to, like, go after. This film could have been really dark and really terrifying, and that would have been better than a rom-com, which was disappointing. It does feel like it has script elements forced into the rom-com. I feel like that. It, it does feel like something it's being forced. It's like it's like it's like watching a dude that never does yoga do yoga. Like you're like you you're you're a runner. You don't do yoga and he's like this is wrong. and he's like yeah, he's like it's like it's like watching it's like uncomfortable to watch for both him and for anyone watching. Like as somebody that has done yoga and does not usually do yoga, I can attest it is uncomfortable to both experience and be a part of. <laughs> So I, th- I think that's... Uncomfortable imagining that. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I don't want to hear it, Bobby. <laughs> I am a beautiful butterfly. Dog? And yes, you don't you need to Jack. tell me. You don't need... Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Beautiful motherfucking butterfly. <laughs> I'm sure you are, sweetie. Oh, my God. <laughs> your condescension voice is, is really bad. Some Your child is going to be just just like traumatized (laughs) yeah oh my god (laughs) the future yeah i don't know i don't want to think about you having kids oh my god yeah let's not think about that that sounds terrifying for all parties involved if you have kids can i be uncle jack though that sounds weird i don't know if i want to be an uncle uh I'll be Uncle Jack. I'm cool with it. I always wanted to be go. Uncle there Jack. There you go. That, that didn't take long. Yeah, no, no. I'm cool. I, I'm over it. <laughs> I have to be the cool lesbian aunt. Yes, we like can. Actually, we can I'm just... already a cool lesbian aunt, but all of my nieces and nephews are like, we're too close in age for them to fully have taken advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I so... need like like a, like 
again, statements. I needed a small child. So <laughs> you let, need a small, corruptible to, child. To be appreciated me as, as Uncle Jack. This is just this is just all bad. This got dark. Yeah. This, this got, got really dark. This is how dark passengers could have gotten. No, oh, I, I don't. Yet, oh, God. <laughs> no, no. Hard pass. So I think the other thing to point out here that we need to talk about in the background of the production history for passengers, specifically that this is a black script or, a, well, a blacklist script. And that uh, what it means is that this was a script that was written long ago and was on the blacklist for a long time and was attached to such names as like Keanu Reeves and other people that really wanted to make this movie. And uh, and unfortunately, it just kind of like floated around in space and its mm-hmm. original version for quite a long time was bought by a company and then just wasn't made. And then eventually got off the ground in this form after it got that. And that's the thing. It's just kind of like... Um, it's just kind of like uh, it's it just floated around in this kind of existence. And the original script format, and I've actually been able to read the original script format before it came out and was edited into this original form. It was very, very, very different. It involved like you know pods getting ejected onto the planet, and the reason everyone's already on a planet is because it it gives good reasoning for it gives better reasoning for why he would wake her up. There's like other elements weighing against it and making it more of a reasonable decision where this one tries to, this one understands the awkwardness of the decision and tried to lean into it and then sticks the land and then doesn't stick the landing, which I think, unfortunately, I think I'm seeing more and more, and at least in me and Bobby's opinion, and I think, unfortunately, we might be less so than I wanted to maybe stirring Sarah towards a negative connotation on this movie (laughs) as well, um, feeling that the overarching if it can't stick the landing then the overarching gender politics make it an uncomfortable viewing altogether yeah that's kind of how i feel about it though we're gonna have to get that it says but the point is is like what do you guys think in terms of this being a black script can you see why this probably floated around for a while and why i i just think this is similar issues to like other movies that we've seen like you know we talk about like suicide squad we know why suicide squad's bad because it had an original cut and then a trailer company came and make another cut and then they cross those cuts and that's why the final movie we have is like the most disjointed piece of crap i feel like i know why this one this feels like it got bumped around like you know from a shooting perspective it seems perfectly held together but from a script perspective it seems like it's been bumped around between people trying to do very 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 different things no I totally agree it feels like the script was written by a boardroom of people instead of being written by like an individual person like this doesn't feel like the brainchild of a writer this feels like the brainchild of a bunch of executives sitting in a room trying to create something and you can, that other people want it's exactly what you, you can tell that there was like some brainchild of someone back there that was then you know the child was then taken into a room and stabbed and had like Frankensteinian limbs added on um yeah it's like the the core elements of this this concept this script like if you break it down to its bones it's fascinating to me and if they could have just like so clearly down in there there's a really good idea and there's some like really interesting structural things I'd want to explore but what happened to the film is what we ended up getting and I I can totally feel where it seems disjointed it definitely seems like someone came in and said like we really need like a rom-com between Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt so voila here we are no I just think that the (laughs) rom-com element seems more forced in when they got these actors and actresses attached to this piece yeah like frankly like to be honest, I think this was Chris Pratt's career needs. Like he needs a hardcore acting role where he can show that he can be a serial killer or something 
I don't know, more than what he plays, which is entirely himself and all actors in turns. He needs to not be the puppy dog cute guy, like, for once. Like, yeah, he's got be a, really I, great. I, I, he's got a couple more years of this, and I think that's fine. I just don't think he's going to last like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. Like, Jennifer getting... Lawrence is somebody that's going to get old and is going to have more roles, I honestly think. I think she's very quickly starting to fall out of public favor. Yeah, I'm kind of getting over her. Yeah. You know what's alarmingly too is that she fell out of favor right after the fappening. So that was that was That was awful. Well, yeah, I Poor mean, thing. Yeah, uh, it's not great for her. I I I'll admit to that. I just thought it was funny that like a generation of men seemed to have uh. <laughs> Can't look at her the same way again. It seems. Uh, okay, I don't want to. I don't want to go here. Let's not. Yeah. I we you know there's enough awkward sexual politics in this episode. Anyways, <laughs> part of me don't like, need to go down the rabbit part hole. Part of me like was yeah. talking to Ben beforehand, and I was like, I'm just gonna throw up bait everywhere and see if they <laughs> and see if Bobby and Sarah pick it up. <laughs> it's like, oh, she just doesn't know how to get back into the pod because her pretty little head. And I was like, nah, I can't. I can't do that. It'd be we'll end you. I know. Yeah. It'd be bad. It'd be really bad. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to scores and end this a bit early today. Speaking of scores, though, did anybody else feel like they were listening to the Wally soundtrack the whole time? It was. So it's the same composer, and they're in this big fancy spaceship with cute little robots running around. It's like, I wonder if this is Thomas Newman. And sure enough, it was. I played the game later of, you know, guesses at the passenger score or the Wally score, and it was really hard to tell the difference. <laughs> I love when you can tell just like by that you're like, oh, is it, you know, who apparently this guy is like the go to for like space soundtracks. Apparently, because, you know, he's <laughs> yeah. he's big with like the, you know, the lush strings and like the occasional like pan flute. And then he'll add some weird little electronic, you know, do you thing to make it sound spacey. And uh, yeah, that is that's the Thomas Newman formula. And it worked. But to me, it was distracting because Wally is one of my favorite movies of all time. So that's all I could think about when I heard this music. To be honest, though, he's got a he's got a pretty good filmography. Like he's got Finding Dory, he's got Spectre, he's got Bridge of Spies, mm-hmm. he's got uh, Get on Get on Up. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Saving Mr. Banks, Skyfall. He did Skyfall. Oh, okay. okay. Wow. Well, I mean, the only thing you remember from Skyfall is Adele. So yeah. yeah. Well. Okay. The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, The Iron Lady, The Debt, The Help, The Adjustment Bureau, Brothers, Revolutionary Road, Wally again, Towel Head, The Good German, Little Children, Jarhead, Cinderella Man, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Event. Oh my God. Have you guys seen? We'll have to talk about that later, but the new Netflix series for Lemony Snicket. It's amazing. Not yet. Don't ruin it. Not ruining it, but again, you've seen the movie, so how can I ruin it? I didn't read the book, so I'm not attached. Oh. I care. I you, care deeply. You monster, Sarah. <laughs> Why don't you start by giving I was busy reading a... his Dark Materials. Where's my series for that? Okay, right. cool. <laughs> Go ahead and tell me, what did you, for Passengers, Sarah, what do you give uh, out of 10? I give it a five. Um, it was pretty. I like the music. I bought into most of the plot until the very end, um, but I wasn't super egregiously offended by 
a lot of it as maybe I should have been, but just for whatever reason, I didn't read it that way. Did, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Was your score higher before the start of this podcast? Yes. What, <laughs> what was it, Do you, if you don't mind me asking? It was between a six and a seven. Ooh, if you have, and I, and I know I'm putting a lot of pressure on you because I think we have, I think me and Bobby have good points and are ultimately right. And if we've convinced you, I'm very happy of that. But if you were to say, <laughs> we love six, being right. If you were, uh, yes, we do. We're, we're terrible that way. <laughs> like, we get off on it. <laughs> okay, Bobby, if, if you had to convince yourself of that six or seven, what would you have said to defend it? That it was just an, a general good rom-com movie? I, I wouldn't call it a rom-com. I would call it a, you know, romantic space drama. There, there weren't enough comedic elements in it for me to call it a rom-com. Um, Fair. Stunning. Actually, I think that's true. We should not. Uh, we yeah. should not say rom-com. Mm. I, think, I think you're very right about that. Mm. But yeah, I would have said, you know, stunning visuals, to me anyway, um, nice music, and... Um, the script, such as it was, I th- I thought Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence did a good job with the script they were given as actors. Yeah, I don't I don't know and, how you improve upon like because it's all all our problems are plotting and yeah. script. Yeah, it's it's and all. I yeah. I guess to me, in this case, those problems weren't really glaring enough well i mean that's I, I don't know how to explain it i just i walked out of it and i didn't hate it therefore i was going to give it a more positive rating whereas me and bobby are obsessed about and i think that's the thing well, i mean like i've maybe, always been less critical with my ratings than you guys that's true that's always fair. i'm i'm i would argue that i'm probably the worst but i i would also argue that i have intentionally bring down scores because i don't want to give out i don't want the movie gang as a whole to give out eights and nines very often mm-hmm. but that's just because i'm a bad person um, special occasion eights and nines well yeah i mean i just like to i would like to bring our overarching like, score pointage down but that's a that's a dead day's discussion bobby <laughs> what do you give passengers out of 10 i actually also give passengers a five. Ooh, damn. um yeah i I didn't walk out of this film angry. It didn't make me mad. I just was so disappointed at what it could have been and what it ended up being. I mean, I, I am definitely bothered by the gender politics of the film, but honestly, that was almost secondary to the fact that this had so much potential to be a really fantastic space drama, and they just blew it a little bit. It, it didn't. It didn't stick the landing. It didn't feel fulfilling to me. I didn't like how everything wrapped up in a bow at the end. They had so many elements that it felt disjointed and a lot of the key plot points felt misplaced. Um, so overall, I mean, yeah, the, the film's pretty. It is. It's, it's really nice, um, you know, space stuff. There's, it's pretty to look at, but um, beyond that, it loses me about halfway through. So a five. I'm going to throw this in. I gave it a four, and I agree with the things. I think five for me is um, – a five for me is like I don't have an opinion about this movie. A four is for me kind of on my scale like where it starts to get bad. And I think that's the thing is like there's a lot of like okayness in the things, and I think that's the thing. There's 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 the concept of good movies that have been put into this movie, and you can tell like elements of like the, you know Jim's first like going through space and all this stuff. And I think I think they're fine, and the, the like the ship as a character is done really really well. And there's elements of that I like. I think the thing that would actually really bother me is that it all comes down to the third act 
not like pulling off. It's like it's landing. And also the element of that, honestly, the cinematography in the third act as well, when it starts having more action sequences and they start running, there's like, there's like some sequences that are really confusing in there where like, they're like at the anchor, they're like at the hangar, then they're back at the core, then they're back at the hangar, then they're outside. And it's really, it's it, it like, it has this frenetic editing. And that's the thing is like, I don't blame the editor because they just had to get these people from like point A to point B and there's not a lot of the things. And I think that's a conceptual issue with this movie is that, Honestly, like, I needed a bolder sense of cinematography to go with the style of what was happening. If you're going to have a single kind of person, then you need to have a bolder sense. Whereas, like, when it's when the movie slips into basic style action editing, it feels fucking disjointed as fuck. It's all fuck. And I think that's one of the things that bothers me most about it is that at the end, not only is it unsatisfying action, it's an unsatisfying ending to the story, and it's an unearned relationship. And I think that's the thing is it's like, you know, I don't really have a problem with the first two acts. And the fact, and that's the other thing too, is like, you know, when she's about to beat him to death with a pole but can't quite do it because she'll be alone, like, you know, that's a really well-earned moment that's like really yeah. well acted by Jennifer Lawrence, really well owned, like owned by Chris Pratt. Like, you know, when he's like holds his hand down, he's like, yeah, I deserve it. It's cool. Like, it's okay if you need to do this. Like, it's... and But she can't because she's all alone. And that's the thing is, all of that works so well. And then it just, like, it's like... The movie needed another twist. The movie needed another thing. And as weird as it is to say, the movie, this movie needed more time in the pressure cooker. And it needed kind of another way to, like, end it out. Because I don't dislike the direction it was headed in. I don't dislike all of that. And that's obviously, like, where the first four points come from. But after that, like, it just can't... <coughs> be this wrong in my book it can't it can't come away from this and say that this was okay and that their love story is legitimate and they lived 90 years and you know made like a little forest and the spaceship like no i I'm, I'm not there for it i don't care about it all good and they didn't reproduce <laughs> no i was wondering if they did i did mean they not? If they well, did, they, they didn't they show did, it. They didn't show it at all. They gave no indication that they had. Yeah, them. I know. I just I, I, unless they had, and then the child died of some, you know, space thing, space AIDS, space sickness, or something. <laughs> oh my, I don't know. Oh my god, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it is kind of the terrifying thing of them. I don't know. There, there's a lot of implications there. I don't want to deal with, and I think that's the thing. Nope. Is, this movie didn't have the chutzpah to deal with it. Mm-hmm. No. And and it just tries to close it out. I don't know. I shouldn't use husband in a sentence. Um, but <laughs> this movie didn't have like like the the gonads to kind of close it out and head into those awkward directions. And so then it, it, it this movie is well written to the point that it it asks all this all these questions of the audience and then just tries to wrap it into a bow. Yeah, because it, it it made it, it pretty. It at asks. The end you about you know the crushing loneliness of being alone it asks you would you do this it asks you would you kill him could you be alone could you do this it asks you all these hard questions and then doesn't expect you it, do, it doesn't expect himself to follow through on saying something true or interesting about that yeah pretty much okay well then the movie gang podcast gives passengers a five out of uh okay no five times five plus five is 14 divided by three is 4.66667 uh so i'd say 4.5 but i'll go ahead and round it up to a full five the movie gang podcast gives passengers a five out of ten it's half good yeah (laughs) half good 
<laughs> Maybe three fourths, but that would be a seven, and that would just fuck up all my rating systems. So yeah, that wouldn't mess it up. I'm no, not going to call it half, half good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Half good. <laughs> Is it half good or half bad? <laughs> I think it depends on what kind of person you are, Sarah. <laughs> we'll say it's half, half garbage. bad because it was below the five. Yeah, not, you know, a five point two or something. Yeah, it's weird for me to say in these instances where like I could give it a five and it wouldn't affect the score. I'm just kind of like because I'm just like a Nazi. You're the about. contrarian. Well, I am. I'm. I'm an. I'm a rounding Nazi. Is what I am. That sounds weird. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> I don't know. Let's what not make any to... jokes that could happen right now. Um, Let's go into more uncomfortable territory today. It, it does. It does. Talking about this has been super uncomfortable, to be entirely honest. I think that's just the uh, the element this story will mostly leave you with. So, yeah. for the Movie Gang Podcast, this has been Sarah Becker. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bobby Pike. Have a good day, y'all. And I am, of course, your host, Jack Newman. Head on over to TuscanShed.com. That's the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can head on over there and go to the Support Us page if you'd like to keep this podcast on the air. Two ways to support us, including heading on over to AudibleTrial.com. That's www.audibletrial uh, backslash Tuscan. You can head on over there and get a 30-day free trial from uh, uh, Audible.com. Audible.com, of course. because Yes, indeed. That's Audible Trial would mean that you would get a 30-day free trial. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> books books are good they are good and especially if you're someone like me that has, always has to be editing these podcasts it's really nice to be able to also listen to books and get your reading done as well so head on over to www.audibletrial.com backslash tuscan check it out you can also head on over there and click the amazon referral link and go do your regular amazon shopping that's a free way to help support the uh, the movie gang podcast and the tuscan shed media network also while you're over at tuscanshed.com go check out our sister podcast including Anna mania as well as geek space nine save point Gamecast, and a feast for bros which will be starting up once uh, game of thrones gets back up and running so head on over there and check out all our other podcasting materials and again from all of us here at the movie gang podcast thanks for listening